Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Everag Podcast. It is a GDT Tuesday, and with us, per usual, we have Mr. John Spainhauer on the other end of the line. We're going to be talking about the most recent GDT, auction number 282. Uh, John, this auction was actually pretty much unchanged. I think it was actually negative 0.1% lower could you give the viewers a little bit of a, a, a backstory or a reason as to why this auction may be a little bit more bullish in your eyes than it is bearish? Oh, thanks, Codetto. Thanks for having me on. I'm always excited to be here. Yeah, you know what? If, you know, it seemed seemingly kind of a boring auction at negative uh, 0.1%, I think the last auction was equally as positive, right? Uh, like 0.1% higher or something like that, or un- relatively unchanged. And, it, and it's like, geez, how can you get excited about this? Or what, what do you even take away from an auction result like that? And I think there are a few different contexts that we have to look at this auction through. I'd say the first one is is that if we go back to three auctions ago, uh, we had a pretty decent pullback on pricing, specifically whole milk powder. Again, there was a thought that the reason that whole milk powder pulled back so drastically on that auction was the, the idea that the Chinese buying was over with. I always kind of, you know, had a, a bit of an issue with that thought, specifically since the, the auction showed that the Chinese were still very much a participant on that auction. We, we looked at it through, well, well, then why did prices pull back? And I think a pretty simple solution to that was after the auction four auctions ago, when we were 21% higher in whole milk powder, the supply of whole milk powder was increased. So we saw prices pull back, not because demand pulled back, but because supply increased. We've already covered that before, right? But as people looked at the the auction two auctions ago, I think the idea was, well, uh, the Chinese are are not going to be there anymore. We're going to see demand pull back, and that's going to cause prices to move lower on the GDT. In fact, that didn't happen like we've already covered. It 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 was only at unchanged. Uh, We did not see that drastic pullback, and we saw Chinese uh, participation remain pretty strong on the last auction. Roll forward, and people said, well, that was just a fluke. This auction, the Chinese demand won't be there, and price are going to move lower. Part of that's coming from, you know, people looking at the NZX futures. Um, The NZX futures are the futures that are tied to the GDT prices. There's a whole milk powder future. There is a butter future and a skim milk powder future, as well as an AMF. All of those futures contracts were pointing towards and have been pointing towards a pretty decent decrease in New Zealand prices. I'm not sure exactly why the, the market market has been forecasting that. There's been very little activity, but using those futures as a forecaster of the actual auction prices has not been the best method to use here. I guess is the best way to say it. Those those futures have gotten it pretty much dead wrong for whatever reason that may be. Fast forward in time to today, people were looking for this auction to move lower. Again, it didn't move lower. As we discussed, it was unchanged. I think that's important for two reasons. One is because it kind of solidifies the idea that we're in a a price consolidation and we're consolidating at a higher level, right? We're not consolidating at a low level or or at an extreme high level, but we're consolidating at a high level. I think we're 
possibly taking a break, be a breather here before we move higher. One of the reasons I'll say that is, is A, because Chinese participation was still there on this auction. But secondly, we started to see parts of the world um, from a geographic standpoint that have been relatively absent over the course of the last four months during this whole rally start to show back up. Southeast Asia, we saw their participation bump up on this auction, and they haven't really been in here for a while. They seem to be on the sidelines waiting, but in fact, their participation on this auction was 30% higher than the year before. Again, we always have to be a little bit careful because this is when we were into the you know, at this time last year, we were in the beginning of COVID. But even then, as we look across the past years, when, you know, that when we're outside of COVID, we're at a seeing their participation step up. So again, I would look at it to say it's important because China was still here, now starting to see the rest of the world step into the market. Absolutely. And, and I think you kind of hit it on a, a little bit there, John, and we, you and I had talked about this before we went live, but the price that we saw after today, like through New, the New Zealand price equivalent, is two dollar fifty four cent butter. Skim is around about a buck fifty three, roughly, and cheese at two oh one. If you look at our prices in America here, we are still a steep discount to what has been happening overseas. You're absolutely right, Cody, and it's it's something that. It's a little hard. If you've been here in the U.S. and you've seen this this rally here in the non-fat market, right? We're here right now at a dollar twenty-three. We're at we, yesterday. We went to our highest price since right after COVID began, right? So we're we're already on that march higher. We'll probably see it move higher, but it's easy to look at and say, "Well, geez, we were not that long ago. We were sub a dollar. Now we're at one twenty-three. That's a, a really you know, big price increase. If we're just looking at it in a vacuum, it's easy to say, yeah, that's a, you know, a 23% price increase. That's, you know, what more are you looking for? But I think if once you step away from, you know, looking at it through that microcosm and step it out and look at it through the rest of the lens of the rest of the world, uh, 123 is still very much a discount to, you know, that 153 price you just said there. If we look at butter and say, you know, prior to today's cash session, which I'm still not totally sure why we broke seven and a quarter, but we did. Here we are just short of a buck 80. To your point there, Cody, you, you talked about the, the spot butter price on this last auction today and New Zealand being 254, right? So 180 versus 254, we're at a level that even though we've made a pretty significant price increase, there's still plenty of room for more. And when we look at it through the rest of the world, finally, when you move to cheese, this auction price came in at about 201. And again, it, it is somewhat difficult to compare New Zealand cheese to European cheese to U.S. cheddar. What we can say, though, is that even though the U.S. price, you know, today we had blocks and we had barrels actually move higher than blocks. I haven't seen that and I don't know how long, but here we are roughly at the 180 area compared to that 201 and the rest of the world, there's still room to move higher. So I think it's to your point, it's significant, not only because of the fact that the, the, the world was expecting this GDT to move lower and it remained unchanged. That's important, but it also is important because it solidifies the GDT price or an international price at a level significantly higher than the rest of the U.S. prices. So if I am an 
uh, somebody uh, that's able to source out of several different geographic locations around the world. My eyes are on the U.S. right now, when and where possible. Of course, there are still some shipping issues. We believe those shipping issues are being cleaned up as we speak and getting better every day. However, they are still there. But I would say as a international buyer, I am training my eyes on the U.S. and saying, what do I have to do to get a hold of some of that product that's cheaper? And then finally, I would say from a class four perspective, I think we're going to see you know, the butter market at least stable here, if not move higher. But our non-fat market, when again, when I go back and look at it through the context of uh, Europe is in the mid-130s, New Zealand is in the 150s, and we're steadying out to possibly moving higher on those markets, I see the U.S. as easily being able to get to that 130 area. If we're able to push through that, I think it's important to remember we were going through that level last year right as COVID hit. We finally got rid of all those international or those intervention stocks in Europe and got them cleaned out of the system. Nonfat was moving higher. It wasn't until COVID that we reversed. But if we're able to get back up through that 130 level, which I think is definitely possible, that'll be the highest price that we've been at since 2014. So we're, we're just, you know, a moment a moment away here, in my opinion, from a seven-year high on nonfat. If we look at the butter price and say it's relatively supported at a buck eighty to, to bullish, I think I look at it and say for a class four producer out there, we've got some higher prices ahead of us. Well, and I think we mentioned this a little bit last episode also, John, but 2014 has kind of been mentioned uh, a, a few different times leading up to this and everybody from end users to producers remember the year of 2014. Now, we're not saying prices are going to go that astronomically high, but from what I hear you saying on the class four side is there, there's a chance. There is a chance. I think there's definitely a chance to see prices we haven't seen in a while. I, I don't really know, you know, I, I certainly don't want to put the the target on, you know, two dollar nonfat. I don't think that's the case. But I, I do see a dollar fifty as being a target and I see butter being over two dollars as as being a target. We've got some um, issues to work through here still. We've got heavy milk production. We're in flush. There's no doubt about that. But again, between just the domestic demand that we're seeing here from the butter side as the country reopens to the international demand we're seeing for nonfat and skim, not to mention the fact that we, you know, something that's becoming more relevant uh, or prevalent every day is the fact that there's a large cheese plant that was opened up in your neck of the woods, Cody. That's making cheese. And I'd say um, not every bit, but much of the milk that's going into that cheese plant is coming at the the mercy of, you know, not mercy is not the right phrase here, but it's coming at the expense of nonfat and butter production. Um, I think a lot of that milk was was going into cheese production other places, but at this time, I think there was also milk that was going into butter and nonfat production. That is now being trans turned into cheese and it's not being produced. So we've we've got international demand and domestic demand for the class four products moving higher. And at the same point in time, a possibility that as we move through the summer, we'll see the, sub, the finished raw supply of those products decrease. Okay. Awesome. Well, I, I guess, John, looking forward is we got another two weeks until the next GDT and with two you know, two auctions, the past ones, at pretty much unchanged. I think a lot of people are going to be looking out forward to kind of see what that brings and how it's going to affect our markets going forward. 
I know, I know, and two unchanged auctions are pretty in a row are pretty boring. Um, there's yeah. just no way around that, and I don't want to, uh, I, I don't want to take away from that thought, yeah. um, but again, or try to make a mountain out of a molehill here. But I think if you, if you're just looking at it through an isolation and looking at the GDT, it doesn't say much. Um, if you're just looking at the U.S. price in a vacuum and saying, well, the U.S., you know, these prices have already moved higher how much higher can they go you might have an argument put the two together and say this international this steady price was i solidified at a high price and u.s prices are significantly discount i put the two together and say i think there's some price appreciation uh possibilities here in the u.s for all of our milk prices for sure uh, that's good stuff, man. And uh, John, I, I really appreciate you being with us. And I know I got a lot of feedback. Everybody likes to hear about the, the GDT auction and your perspective. Um, and hitting on that page is actually going to drop myself and John's contact info um, for this podcast. So if anybody has any questions, comments, concerns specifically for John, uh, there's going to be a good place to reach out to him and, and he'll be able to talk through this maybe a little bit more in depth with your the questions that you might have. Um, but with that, uh, it's going to do it for another episode of Everag Podcast and GDT Tuesday. We'll see you guys next time.